Hello everyone. Great to be here. This is Nishant from the Middle Road. This is my first podcast. I am with Ruchi, who is heading Pune City Connect, a major non-profit in Pune. Hello, Ruchi. A oh, very good morning and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nishant. So you are you are the CEO of Pune City Connect, a collaborative effort involving multiple stakeholders for transforming the social landscape in Pune. Uh, it's done a wonderful job. I think it's it's been uh, been the leading in a lot of initiatives which are happening not only in Pune but in India. Many hats uh, professionally. You know, you've been you've got an experience in retail. You have been in advertising. You have been marketing. You have done various types of roles, including fundraising. You have uh, worked with big names in the corporate sector, as well as you had stints with some very prestigious non-profits like Cry and Teach for India. You have also headed the CSR activities at Sensa, a major technology company in in, in India. You have a very well-rounded experience for your present job. So, how has been your career transformation, and how has it helped you in implementing lot of work in a present job? Well, Nishan, uh, that's a very interesting question because I always say that uh, every single role that I have had has contributed to uh, you know the role that I'm holding at present. and uh, you know in whichever form or manner one is able to do it so the experience in uh, advertising really helped me to understand the whole concept of being detail oriented keeping task lists doing client servicing is like a real uh, a job which involves a lot of slog and i think in my formative years to also understand the concept of uh, brands brand building communication all of that helped tremendously uh, you know similarly marketing and being in the retail space Help to you know uh, be familiar with the entire concept of scale because we scaled from six Planetem stores to you know more than fifty sort of stores and another fifty shopping shops. So uh, you know in one way if you look at what Pune City Connect is doing today, it's about opening a lot of centers, and so in many ways it mirrors a retail organization, and so on and so forth. So so simply speaking, you know every single role has uh, helped to. provide an experience which is relevant to what i'm doing today and um, uh, the common thing across all the roles has been a very clear purpose and a search for purpose and um, in one way one could say that uh, would it have been better if i had understood the purpose much earlier but in another way i think the whole process of the search for purpose has itself been uh, extremely enriching And uh, you know, has uh, maybe it is it's something that uh, couldn't have happened any other way. Yeah, thanks a lot. So uh, you know, you talked about a lot of challenges. So what are the key challenges you face in your uh, currently your uh, collective and collaborative model which you're building at Pune City Connect? I um, know it's not very easy to meet uh, to work with multiple stakeholders. You have you know Pune Municipal Corporation. You have. Uh, You have non-profits, you have foundations, you have a huge volunteers who you know give a lot of time. So, what would you feel here are the key challenges? Well, I think uh, so. We just to give a, a, a context, we uh, uh, are trying to enable large-scale social change through collective action. And the whole idea is that when we look around us, then there are many stakeholders that are doing excellent work. Uh, but it's resulting in incremental change and not transformational change. For example, if you enter a slum community today versus you know if you had entered it five years ago, and even if there have been four or five different kinds of interventions there, it's not like you enter and you find it a transformed space. 
and uh, uh, my belief is that what enables transformation to happen is a uh, mindset and behavior change and b scale with a combination of these two things there is a change in you know the very culture of a system or of a space and that's what we are trying to do uh, but it is impossible for any one entity even if it's government which has got so much so many resources at hand it's impossible for any one entity to actually make change at this kind of scale happen and hence the need for collective action today we are working with pune municipal corporation uh, very actively we we work with five different departments pretty much on a day to day basis civil works urban community development electrical uh, education department the it department all of these because they contribute all the capex and you know so if we are setting up a digital empowerment center then the computers come from the it department the location comes from urban community development if it's located in a school then the education department is involved etc secondly we are uh, reaching out to corporates to contribute through corporate social responsibility resources and uh, you know therefore we are able to raise the operation operating expenses that are required for running the programs and this makes it a very robust public private partnership you know capex from public that's government and opex from private that's the corporate sector and along with this we are also reaching out to ngos and citizens uh, you know for the actual running of the programs uh, because you cannot scale if you are trying to do everything yourself so essentially corporates government ngos citizens these are the four stakeholders and the anchor partner for all of this is pune municipal corporation uh, you know with whom we have sort of uh, uh, the, the the very thought the very seed of the idea for this kind of an entity uh, was arrived at in partnership with pune municipal corporation and also the decisions regarding the programs so when it comes to the challenges uh, i think one big challenge is just pure and simple coordination uh, you know so uh, you you supposing we want to set up uh, you know two lighthouses which are uh, you know the these large spaces 3000 to 5000 square foot spaces through which the sustainable livelihood program is run so we need to coordinate with pune municipal corporation for the space and for them to do all the renovation refurbishment providing all the uh, uh, the computers technology video wall etc etc that is required that itself is a gestation period of around 9 months uh, could be yeah around 9 months to 1 year or sometimes even more the lighthouse at bhavani pet was like 2 years in the making really uh, at the same time uh, you know we have to we approach corporates and say that you know what there are two lighthouses that are going to come up and so uh, you know please do be a part of this uh, common purpose and vision and mission uh, and even if they are amenable to that they have their own timelines so again uh, a corporate also takes anything between 6 months to 2 years to actually decide whether they are going to be uh, coming on board as a partner or not so the timing of this and then the third entity is uh, the ngos so uh, for instance in the digital empowerment program as well as the education space we are uh, uh, working very actively for ngos for the actual running of the program so they have to you know hire people Uh, have a team in place so that as soon as the program is launched we are able to actually start operations because we are we really start being accountable for results from day one so to ensure the timing of these three coming together is uh, you know it's really really challenging because and we have had times where uh, pune municipal corporation is ready with the lighthouse but there is no corporate donor in sight uh, so they put pressure that hello we we started this off or the corporate donor has signed them you 
and they're ready to give the first uh, sort of tranche of uh, donations for running the space. But municipal corporation is simply not set up. Uh, you know, for example, uh, the the sixth lighthouse which is getting launched uh, tomorrow, that's eighth of July, day after tomorrow. Uh, that's that's been the case. So we had the donor waiting uh, for the space to get set up. So uh, all of these are very very uh, uh, difficult challenges, and there is really no end in sight for it because every time you are trying to do something, you just have to coordinate from scratch. And I think another challenge is of course perseverance. So uh, one has to do a lot of follow up. Um, I always say that uh, decision making in the government is faster than decision making in the corporate space. That's been my experience because uh, I think because of the hierarchy, you know. So if the if the people at the top uh, decide on something, then it's likely to happen. But in the corporate space, there are more democratic decision making processes. So therefore, things have to go through various hoops. Uh, but once the decision is taken. Uh, the corporate sector is faster at implementing it than the government, you know. So uh, it does require a huge amount of follow-up to actually uh, make sure. So, for instance, I spoke of the five departments in PMC working together. Um, imagine they're all congregating in a, you know, for a 15 foot by 10 foot digital empowerment center space. Uh, you know, five different departments, and they very rarely. Uh, they don't work, I mean, you know, government systems are not really set up for collaboration. So it is not easy to be able to enable that coordination and uh, and, and put uh, that much effort to actually make the make it a reality. Um, and I think, uh, you know, another challenge is related to uh, flexibility on the part of corporates. So, and you know, they have their own uh, limitations. So, I think it's very valid uh, uh, perspective that uh, they have because there's an accountability to their board, to the CSR committee, etc. Uh, but therefore, you know, for an entity such as Pune City Connect that is trying to make all of this coordinated efforts happen towards common purpose, um, uh, it becomes a, a stumbling block because we need flexibility to understand that, okay, yes, this is a PPP and therefore some things will take much longer to start off than envisaged or, you know, there are certain results which actually will come later on and not uh, as anticipated and there are all manner of things which are emerging because it's a, it's a PPP. It's not just that it is a linear equation of party A is, uh, you know, putting in uh, ABC resources and therefore there will be this output. But there is a party A, there is a party B, there is a party C and all of them, you know, uh, and sometimes it's magical what actually emerges. So, there is some amount of uh, element of unpredictability and I think that's a challenge as well. Thanks, I mean, you shared from fantastic insights, one, that the common decision making is faster. You know, this is, uh, I think, a very game, uh, huge game changer. Uh, you talked about mindset and scale and you know, two of the most important things you have to think and you talked about PPP you know the public private partnership which is which is I think uh, I think the way to go forward HGD 17 and uh, maybe it's the first time being done in a major way in Pune or maybe even in India I mean we need to have more of these partnerships going forward if we need to thanks so uh, anyway, Coming to, you talked a lot about uh, digital empowerment and we'll come to that and I think it's one of the most fantastic uh, initiatives taken by the Indian government and by uh, Pune City Connect. Uh, but just to, before I come to that, I was very impressed by what you're doing in the education space. 
Now you have brought brought activity based learning, uh, and not only that, you have brought it in a very scientific manner. You 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 have new things which are coming in pedagogy like robotics. You you are trying to drive innovation uh, in children when they are very young. Now you are going to be implementing this also in new municipal schools with the dedicated uh, pedagogy for children. Now how do you think that's going to impact a child's development over the years? It's not only the scientific part, but the great part here is that you're trying to build an overall uh, child development. You're you're going to the artistic way, so that is what I think is defining uh, as a citizen, as a human. So we like to comment. I think Nishant is very insightful of you, uh, and yes, in fact, what we are attempting. So in the education space, there are two programs that are running, and of course, uh, everything we do is in partnership with the government. So in partnership with PMC. One is the Sayogida program, and one is the Models of Excellence schools. And um, uh, you know, the one that you refer to right now is the Models of Excellence school uh, program. Uh, just briefly to talk about Sayogida, and then come to that. So, in the Sayogida program, uh, you know, essentially the whole idea is to be able to bring about uh, change at scale through building the capacity of teachers. Because if the uh, competence levels of teachers, with respect to being able to uh, teach more effectively, if that changes, then really one is talking about transformational change in the system. Uh, but it is very difficult to bring about change in scale and in a consistent manner. Uh, so in that sense, the Sayogi Dal concept is uh, quite innovative. Uh, so the Sayogi Dal is basically comprising 19 Pune Municipal Corporation erstwhile teachers. Uh, you know, they still are with Pune Municipal Corporation. But there was a nomination process and they got selected to be Sayogis. And for the last four years, uh, they have been uh, sort of uh, getting trained to be master trainers. And so every month they go through a training program and then in turn every month they train the teachers in their particular clusters. And uh, in this way, uh, you know, we've been focusing on maths and Marathi level based training programs. And it has in fact uh, really impacted the system because it's the first time that PMC sort of uh, embraced level-based training, uh, which is a, uh, a different concept, uh, uh, you know, for, for in education and it, it, it drives more effectiveness of learning. Uh, and I do believe that, uh, you know, there would be very few such programs where there's a consistent strategy and pedagogy to, you know, four years of training. And uh, also in between the two trainings that the Sayogis do for teachers, they do classroom observations and hand-holding. So that way there is also on-the-job training that the teachers get. So this doesn't even happen in the corporate sector. Normally you go for a training program, it's a one-off thing and then that's it. But here it's like rigorous month after month after month thought through and there is on-the-job learning in between for the teachers. So that's quite incredible. Uh, the Models of Excellence uh, program is, uh, you're very right, it is related to actually tra- any, the, the attempt is to change the very culture within the school and to impact uh, child development of a child uh, at very uh, sort of basic levels. Uh, so, um, this program essentially has got three prongs to it. The idea is to uh, find it, a model through which a school can become uh, excellent and you know once we have piloted that model and tried it out with uh, a set of uh, five school complexes given uh, the learnings the changes that happen in the model and once we have a model it will roll out to you know other schools uh, so it could roll out across the entire municipal corporation school system and 
the three prongs really are uh, one is related to infrastructure so for children to have basic amenities in place adequate classrooms uh, clean and functioning washrooms supply of water a place to sit and eat rather than you know uh, just sit cross legged on the muddy ground and eat and uh, you know all of these uh, tables chairs so basic uh, infrastructure requirements this is goes coming from pune municipal corporation just like the rest of the ppp model uh, the second uh, prong is related to agency building and uh, this is really the heart of the program uh, because it is about being able to build uh, agency in children by which we mean the ability of children to have you know for them to have a sense of self for them to have healthy self esteem uh, self respect for them to experience an environment of dignity where they are treated with dignity and uh, we are essentially following uh, you know the social emotional learning framework which covers self awareness self management relationship building decision making social awareness and communication so imagine children you know from low income communities growing up being able to being aware of their emotions being able to respond rather than react being able to have the ability to communicate effectively because these are these are just basic actually life skills and uh, uh, if we actually want the children to you know at the time that they leave school if we need if we want them to be people who can grow up to be citizens who are uh, effectively participating in their cities the environment around them you know getting from it contributing back to it uh, then you really need to have the skills to be able to engage and interface with the world at large and this program is about building those skills uh, it is not like it is restricted only to building those skills because it also has huge academic impact because research has shown that when a child uh, feels a sense of belonging a sense of safety emotional safety they are able to learn much better they are in a learning zone where memory capacity is increased as well as their ability to you know uh, comprehend uh, so you can do all kinds of pedagogical inputs but if the child is in the first place you know coming in with a sense of fear anxiety guilt shame uh, etc you're not going to be able to reach very far so it is about enabling teachers headmasters uh, you know and the school system to create a space for children where they feel happy and secure Uh, and a sense of well-being. So that this curriculum is, uh, you know, is just in fact, uh, it's just got launched in this week itself. As we speak, uh, the very first workshop with all the education officers, supervisors, uh, and headmasters of the selected schools is going on. And you know, we will it will it will keep cascading through the year. So that's the second uh, prong. And the third prong is related to activity-based learning, which you refer to. and that really refers to the fact that having opened up a sense of possibility a sense of self for the children uh, if they are able to understand how to do self learning and how to you know make things on their own it sort of reinforces a, that sense of empowerment and a sense of you know that i'll be able to do my own stuff and find my way even in the world at large so if i have learned how to make a robo that is you know light sensitive or uh, obstacle sensitive so i have understood the mechanics of it the electronics of it the coding of it uh, it leaves me with an uh, with the sense that you know what i i think i can understand this thing called technology i don't have to feel intimidated you know today in today's world that is so important because uh, 10 years later you and i actually don't even know what what really is going to be changing in this world that we are living in and the ability to self learn 
the 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 confidence that I have the resources to be able to make my way in an unfamiliar space is extremely important. It might be the defining factor. That is what gets further reinforced when we do learning through activities. So science through activities, robotics, and also music. These are the components of the uh, sort of the third prong where we are attempting to unleash empowerment, creativity, and the sense of you know maker. I I'm a maker. I'm a doer. I can make things happen. Nice. I think yeah, uh, there's a very refreshing policy. I think that's the way forward. I was very impressed by you know all of them uh, model uh, model for excellence and of course activity based learning, self learning, and that is the critical thing. That's where the education sector is also moving in. So and that's the way forward. Yeah. Uh, so coming uh, coming to you know we talked about a lot about digital empowerment uh, and of course you have a digital literacy program which has been inspired by the Honorable Prime Minister Mr. Narendra Modi. Uh, through the National Digital Empowerment Mission, uh, which has uh, been very impactful and very productive, uh, you have also uh, been able to train about thirty-seven thousand citizens in uh, digital empowerment, uh, which is about almost twenty percent of the less privileged families. Uh, of course, the motivation factor is to train at least one person in low-income uh, strata, which is what's been driving force behind uh, this initiative. So, how did you manage such a huge impact? You know, this is a it's a very impactful, it's very measurable, and which very evidence based. So, which is something which the whole world is moving into. And what motivated and what? How did you bring out uh, the awareness for technology? And what do you create critical challenges here? Because the human mind always tries to you know always uh, go against change which is coming in. So, would you be able to you know, throw some light here? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for those generous words, and uh, just to reiterate that it's not actually municipal uh, connect that is being able to bring about this change, but it is because it's a collective action force, because it is impossible to be able to work at scale uh, without the without the active support and in fact co-ownership of uh, you know many partners. Uh, so in the case of digital empowerment, I think uh, in fact now the number has gone up to more than forty thousand citizens that are trained, um, and I think that is only possible because it's a collective action model. So there is a Pune Municipal Corporation that is that has set up uh, that you know uh, around as of date fifteen digital empowerment centers, and they've also provided six digital empowerment buses, and all of these you know twenty one spaces completely. Sort of outfitted and equipped to with the uh, with the uh, chairs, tables, and uh, computers to be able to train people. Uh, at the same time, corporates, uh, you know, more than ten across the last two years that have come on board to provide the operating expenses for these digital empowerment centers so that we are able to run it. And then there's a set of three NGOs in the city today who are doing the actual running of the centers. So each center has got two trainers, and there are the roles of that NGO. And uh, you know we work together. So Pune City Connect, uh, you know we part of the training that happens to the trainers is done by Pune City Connect, part is by that NGO, and so we're really all working in a collective fashion, and that is what is enabling scale to happen. Um, just to explain what is meant by digital empowerment, as you rightly said, it is said it is linked to the National Digital Literacy Mission, which states that at least one person in every household should be digitally empowered. And uh, by digital empowerment is meant internet literacy. So, do I know how to use the internet to improve the quality of my day-to-day -day life? So, there are you know we have in this uh, program we have a very short 
high impact curriculum. It's a 40-hour curriculum which has been developed by Pune City Connect. And uh, essentially it covers digital citizenship, digital customer and digital learning. So digital customer is around, do I know how to undertake uh, cashless transactions, avail online services such as shopping or mobile recharge or bill payments, etc. Um, digital citizenship is around, it starts with uh, establishing my identity in the digital space. So who am I in the digital space and having my own username, password, understanding the concept of that, understanding how to interface with the government as a citizen. So, you know, how do I take part in government schemes and programs? How do I even search for the ones which are applicable to me? And then practicing the art of, you know, uh, being able to enroll into those. Uh, how do I participate in social media? Because that is, I mean, today's citizenship, uh, you know, uh, digital empowerment and uh, participation in the digital world at its best is actually related to citizen participation. Because it is a voice of the citizen that's going out there. And, you know, it is being heard by many people. So, so, social media actually provides uh, such a tremendous opportunity for amplification of voice, you know, which other medium do not uh, so easily provide. Uh, and so, you know, that constitutes also a very important part of active citizenship. So, that's digital citizenship. And the digital learner is around that concept of self-learning. So, can I access resources on my own? Just knowing about Google and Wikipedia and YouTube and practicing, accessing information from those and then you know working on that. So those are the three components and uh, we, we measure uh, impact through an acronym called iShare, I-S-H-A-R-E. So having an identity, being smart, that is uh, being able to save time and money by doing stuff online, being helpful. So not only am I paying my own electricity bill, but I'm paying bills of 20 people in my basti, which happens very, very often. Being aware of government schemes and programs, being resourceful in accessing information that's relevant to me and being employable. So in, increased sense of employability and scope of employability. So these are really the various, you know, sort of areas in which we have uh, observed impact happening. And uh, you asked me about the challenges. I think uh, one challenge is uh, related to the fear of technology. Uh, you know, this digital divide is a very real thing. and. Uh, uh, especially housewives uh, in low-income communities. I mean, this sense of what is this www dot, and they know because maybe their children have a smartphone, their son has a smartphone, but they are not, you know, into inverted commas allowed to access it, and they don't even know what they would do if they could. Uh, and, and and that also leads to, you know, a sense of uh, disempowerment in that whole space. So when they when they learn about the program, so many of them come back and say that. I can now help my son with his homework, you know, forget about knowing what he's doing. Like earlier I was just in the dark and he would just say, you don't know anything. But now, you know, I can actually suggest things to him and it makes me feel so much empowered. And to people who, you know, say that now I don't have to depend on anyone to book a movie ticket because I go to book my show and I book and then uh, I book an Uber and I can take a taxi to the to that place. So my, so my child doesn't have to, you know, take me and transport me. So there's so many different applications. But it starts with overcoming the fear of technology. I think that's one big challenge. I think the second challenge that we are facing at a programmatic level is uh, really being able to build a large enough collective to uh, uh, to achieve the goal of 100% digital empowerment. Because in this track, the goal is 100% digital empowerment. Every At least one person in every low-income household should be digitally empowered. As per the Sun Community Activists with the PMC, 
there are around 500 slum communities in Pune and that's around 2 lakh slum community households. And so as you rightly said, with a coverage of 40,000, it's approximately 20% that's covered. But we have another 1.6 lakhs to cover and definitely by the time we reach there, we would realize that there's another 1 lakh to cover because, you know, migration is increasing and this is data that is uh, somewhat outdated in terms of, you know, 2 lakh slum community households. So there is so much to be done and it is so exciting because, I mean, we cannot even imagine what it might mean to be a digital city and what are the forces of emergence that will get unleashed when you know everyone is actually having a sense of citizenship and participation equality because digital empowerment by definition is a program which is so democratic and equal because internet is a great leveler you know whether i'm a driver or whether i'm the prime minister i have a username and a password and you know i can tweet to anyone that i want it doesn't matter what my social status is i might be someone who's differently able but the person on the other side doesn't know that I can't walk because I'm. It is about my conversation over the over the internet. So it's just an incredible level, of, and just just through the act of being able to launch oneself into that space, there is a sense of equality and empowerment that which, which is nothing to you cannot measure it quantitatively. But it's a it's a it's a change of self image, and at Pune City Connect we essentially consider uh, that we've made a deep impact. Uh, if there is an irrevocable positive change in self-image of a person. So, you know, this program uh, does that, but we need far more uh, corporate partners to, you know, help with this so that they're able to open more centers. PMC is happy to open more centers and they're saying, you know, why, why are you not using our spaces? But in, over here, we are sort of limited by the partners. And I think the third challenge would be, you know, putting in place the central capacities to be able to um, scientifically go about uh, making this kind of scaled change happen because uh, you know you, you you have to be able to visually see where should I open the next center where are the dense populations in the city because we want to cover every household this is not you know a thing of we need to open 30 digital empowerment centers and there should be some catchment area for them but we have to do this in a very organized scientific way so that we are going rigorously into each pocket and be able to uh, deliver the program and we've discovered some means such as mapping we do google earth mapping and in this way we have like dots uh, for every person who's trained there's a dot on the top of that the, the, that roof uh, as seen in the google earth map so visually one can understand okay most of my trainees are here so the next center has to open in another place and you know so on and so forth so things like that are helping us Okay, so thanks to share. I mean, this is fantastic use of technology. You know, Google Earth mapping. This, you know, you're scientifically using to understand uh, your target uh, market and how do you know open more, uh, more more centers. Now, so just on a transition question, you talked about you having uh, you need more partners. You need more partners because you know you have the centers, but you need more would, would I say a variable amount sort of to get the centers going. So what do you think now in CSR about 2% this new rule which is actually came out by but it's getting more enforced now is that a lot of uh, corporates have to give 2% of their uh, you know net profit uh, towards charitable causes through the CSR. You think that's going to help uh, some way uh, be a motive or sort of a catalyst for you to get more and more uh, corporates coming in or philanthropists or foundations to you know take this much more seriously. Yes, yes, I think uh, it's definitely helped a lot and I think uh, just the feasibility of having this kind of a model 
it has been uh, you know uh, increased due to the fact of uh, uh, this uh, ruling uh, coming out uh, at the same time having said that uh, you know a lot of corporates were already doing uh, uh, maybe even more than 2% in some cases or close to that even earlier and uh, the mandates like this the, the the CSR mandate in the scope of uh, each one CSR activities uh, in uh, in many cases is sort of already is like preordained like prior to uh, our meeting them and so it's not that easy to be able to make an inroad. Secondly, we are uh, you know compared to see in the NGO sector NGOs are like they've been around for years and years and years. So in that sense, we are quite a uh, we are the new kid on the block, and uh, so a there is a you know just an element of unfamiliarity, and b there is also a level of risk for a corporate to because as I mentioned before, corporates also have a lot of internal accountability processes. So for for so for you know the buy-in to happen and then for the buy-in to translate into actual partnership, um, and for all of that to fit into the existing CSR scope and mandate. So all these things. I'm not that easy and so yes it's a uh, it is a challenge yes Kuda, you also have another, you are training people uh, with skill sets, you have your livelihood uh, coaching and mentoring which you are doing to, to communities, you are putting a community development here. So how do you envision uh, it's going to change uh, Una in 5 to 10 years, especially providing skill sets, people to work in a lot of uh, jobs? Well, I mean the life, sustainable livelihood program, which is uh, which is uh, run through these centers called the lighthouses, is essentially a city transformation agenda, fair and square. It's uh, not uh, only limited to uh, transforming the lives of X number of individuals, but we actually measure impact at the level of the individual, at the level of the slum community, and also at the level of the city as a unit of change. So, at the level of the individual, the impact which is there is in terms of uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, irrevocable positive change in self-image because um, when youth come into the lighthouse, then unlike other skilling programs, they don't have to make a decision about which skilling course they want to do and uh, uh, you know, uh, enrollment data such and such, it's not like that. In fact, our very insight was that the reason for, typically there are low enrollments into skilling programs and that the reason for that is that youth are actually lost and they don't know what they want to do. So we go to youth in the communities and we say that, you know what, don't worry, you don't have to know what they want to do. You just come as long as you have a commitment to wanting to work. And we will help you understand yourself, understand the choices. Uh, so we call that the agency building curriculum, just like, you know, what we are uh, uh, starting to implement in the models of excellence schools. And uh, so when, when they join the lighthouse, they go to an 80-hour foundation course, which is around building their agency, their sense of self, experiencing consistently a culture and an environment of, you know, acceptance and non-judgment, so that they are able to, you know, feel free and easy and come into their own. So the foundation course has 40 hours of an arts-based curriculum, which is around you know, theatre and uh, music and uh, a lot of activities. Think of it like an HR outbound, which is one month long, you know. So team activities, peer learning and reflections, reflections, reflections. So through this, the, the foundation course, they actually get us, they, they are aware. It's about self-awareness, self-expression, self-confidence, overall discovery of self. And after this foundation course, they arrive at a point where 
they have moved from a space of choicelessness to a space of possibilities. Because in the course, there is also exposure visits, talking about industries, uh, tests which are related to, or exercises that are related to them understanding what their areas of interest are. Uh, and so they've come to a place where they understand that, okay, I don't have a default future. Just because my father is a security guard doesn't mean I'm going to be a security guard. I actually have all these other options as well. And then they go through a counseling course, which is, uh, you know, a discussion held with the, with the counselor around what is the choice that they want to make. So this is the second insight, which is that having opened up a world of possibilities, they need to have freedom of choice. Uh, we can't tell them that, you know what, here we only done five courses. We didn't want to do that. So uh, here the whole design of being a collective action program comes into play. Now, typically, you know, a skilling program, you need a batch of 15 to 20 people to be able to run the course. But here we have tie-ups with, you know, more than 20, 25 skilling partners in the city. So even if there are two people who want to do a home chef program, they go to Idea Foundation and, uh, you know, whatever next batch Idea Foundation is running, two people from the lighthouse join that and we pay for those two seats. So this is just, you know, this is like a game changer because suddenly the entire skilling ecosystem of the city is available to the youth and it's accessible to them. So this enables freedom of choice and then we work with the skilling partners, we help to get them placed once the skilling program is over, etc. It's a very personal, holistic support program and I think that really differentiates it. Um, so that's one part about the impact at the level of the individual. But we've also observed that, so our, our theory of change is essentially related, whether, I mean, in all the three tracks, the theory of change is related to uh, depth at scale. Uh, you know, it's also reflected in our vision statement, which is Sampurna Pune, every life enriched. So if we are able to enable inner transformation at the individual level and then impact X number of individuals in this manner so that each one, you know, the ripple effect that they create, um, it, it helps to transform the culture as a whole. That's our goal. And we consider 20% to be that inflection point. So, for example, when we do outreach from the lighthouse into a slum community, if it has 400 households, we want to ensure that 20%, that is 80 households, are enrolled and they complete the foundation course in the lighthouse. So then this constitutes an inflection point for the culture of the community to change. And there are five changes that we see in communities. One is change in the sense of economic landscape. So people understand that they don't have to work in the unorganized sector, but it's a shift from unorganized to organized sector jobs. It's not just about getting a job, but it's an organized sector job most of the time. Secondly, shift in gender equity. Third, emergence of leadership and a peer support group. Fourth is sense of citizenship and fifth is lessening of anger and anxiety. So an increase in social harmony. So these are five social changes that uh, are being observed in slum communities where X number of households have been enrolled. So in the next, uh, you know, by 2023 or so, when we have got 15 lighthouses set up, uh, because the vision is one lighthouse in each administrative board, there are 15 wards in Pune. So every youth will have access to a lighthouse and we would be able to reach, you know, 20% of all 500 some communities. And that is a social and economic revolution that we are talking about. And at the city level, it's really about, you know, um, enabling all those 20,000, 25,000 alumni that would be there. They are the leaders of tomorrow. They are the hubs of change. They are talking the language of the lighthouse. 
they feel a, a common bond because they're alumni from the same sort of university you know they talk the same language and they they have a sense of well-being maybe not all of them maybe a percentage of them but these numbers are large so it is adequate to you know start shifting um, making fundamental shifts happen in society thanks i mean you are put in a very articulate manner you know the the scenes which you are bringing in the social harmony the the five values or the five pillars which you are trying to build uh, within the society i think it's it's just mind boggling now uh, thanks and uh, i but last but not the least uh, it's more on a question on a personal level uh, would you like to share that aha moment or you know that feel good moment which you like to tell uh, from your present job to the audience here would like to something which really uh, you know you remember which brings all a smile in you so i think uh, one uh, one huge moment for me was uh, may 2017 um, when uh, pune municipal corporation launched the digital empowerment mission you know that one person in every household will be trained two lakh people to be trained 100% digital empowerment you know um, i just feel that uh, digital empowerment or digital literacy uh, you know these this particular track is a program is something which is relatively new in the social space like education health livelihood these are all they've been running for decades but not so for uh, you know digital uh, literacy and digital empowerment and for me it was uh, it was hugely inspiring that uh, you know if you believe in something and you persist in it and you socialize it socialize it and you know uh, one day like the the local government uh takes it up as a mandate you know this is so digital empowerment is part of the digital the stated digital strategy for the city which is available even on the pmc website and uh, so yeah i think that was like i mean it's 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 inspiring it's humbling it's wow uh, it's amazing and uh, there been a lot of other small uh, smaller dreams i mean actually in this work um There is no dearth of dreams coming true, and so that's why you can see I was support when I keep writing dreams which have come true, uh, like the whole aspect of you know Pune Municipal Corporation uh, getting uh, inspired by and uh, taking up this concept of model schools, and then you know being able to prove a model and then taking it across all schools. That is something that can change the education system, and so I think it's like uh, just like powerful and. Uh, a huge opportunity and uh, the lighthouse i mean uh, uh, the insight for me is that uh, an atr so it's an atr foundation course curriculum which is 40 hours of arts based uh, curriculum 20 hours of spoken english 20 hours of digital empowerment that 40 hours of an arts based curriculum uh, is adequate to create irrevocable positive change in an individual is mind boggling to me uh, you know it doesn't take much Uh, and you can you can create those spaces which are safe spaces, um, and you can scale. I mean, it's like it's almost I don't know. It might be a little bit of uh, a leap of faith, but uh, but for me, it's around the whole idea of that. Can you scale love? Because the lighthouses are spaces of love, and uh, every lighthouse is like that. It's not like there's one flagship and the rest are not uh, you know having the same uh, experience. Uh, but people when they come in their youth they are just so happy because they feel accepted they feel cared for they 
they feel loved. And uh, I think that's that's incredible. And I think the biggest high is the whole aspect of uh, the public-private partnership. And I think it's it's uh, the hats off to Pune Municipal Corporation to you know um, I mean it's it's incredible to be able to uh, sustain a PPP in the social space. You know it's not a business partnership where there are some uh, you know specific deliverables and which are mandated and you have to do it. No, this is the social space and this is. To me, this is about uh, a coming together of values. We are working in a space of shared values because there is no other way for a partnership of this nature to sustain. And it gives so much joy because, um, uh, you know, it, it has, it, the, the model has survived the change of uh, commissioner, the model has uh, survived, you know, other changes in the, in the corporation. And, uh, you know, we are right now at a stage uh, again, with so much gratitude, I say this that there are uh, corporators, there are you know people who ask. They say that we we would like to open more uh, digital centers or the model school or the I mean, Sayoki program is anywhere across the city or a lighthouse in our ward, and that's that is a wow moment, really. You know, because it means that this pro these programs must be making a difference because it means that there's a demand from the ground. That's incredible. Uh, Ruchi, thanks a lot for, you know, uh, for incredible time. Thanks for sharing so much about Pune City Connect, what you're doing, the lighthouse, the various initiatives in uh, digital empowerment, and of course, uh, you know, the education space. Thank you, Nishan. Really wonderful of you to have the patience to hear me out, uh, you know, for all this, all of, all of what I felt. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's an incredible journey and uh, I'll, I'll keep in touch and I'll keep giving the updates how we progress. Thank you.